Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude, man, what's it like to be three years and one week old? I feel old. Man, you, you're old. You're old. I'm old and gray. A little bit. And you're wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat. I think it's so rude to wear hats indoors. It's it's rude to wear a hat at your podcast. <laughs> That's right. It's a new rule. New rule! There's no hats in podcasts. That's right. We need Tom Hanks here to say that line, actually. <laughs> so, what's going on, you know? My son's Little League finished. I talked about that uh, to you off air yes. last week. Yes, Little League, done. Yeah, all the kids' sports are finished. The Little League is done. The uh, soccer is done. I got pictures, though. Trophies. Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy, though. Every Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny, though? At, at this, uh, I wanted to talk about this before, but never got to it. The At this age, at this Little League level, some of the kids, are they're very diverse in their skill level. You know, like in in high school, pretty much all the kids are are, are good because they have to go through tryouts and all that. But some kids at the little league level can barely even hold the bat, and there are others who've got like full beards and are hitting home right. runs. And they work, bring condoms to the games and all <laughs> <Right>. that, and <laughs> they drive themselves to their That's games. That's right. They Corvettes. No, but some kids are actually really good. And and I was telling Rich this: if you've ever watched baseball. You know that the double play is a standard play, but in in little league, pitcher's delight. In little league, it's rare. Yes, <laughs> a single play is rare in little catching league. anything, throwing <laughs> right. rare. Right. It's so all season long, we have, I've been seeing these kids progress, and it's just, it's just amazing. And in the very last game of the season, one of the players actually caught a fly ball and tagged out a runner and got an unassisted double play. Unbelievable. Unheard of. It's unheard of. It's historic. This kid's going to go on plaques. Like dental plaque? No, he's going to have his own card. He's going to go gonna on... Have a card. I think he's going to be gonna, on Leno. If, he's gonna, if he gets a candy bar, then we'll know he's really made it. That's right. I don't the think his name Reggie is conducive bar. to uh, candy. What is his name? I'm not going to mention the name on What's air. What's the first name? Ezekiel. <laughs> is it? No. Oh. No. You don't even know the first name, I know the you? kid's name, and I'm not, I'm what, not repeating the kid's name. What's the first name? Sam. All right. Samuel. The Sammy bar. <laughs> sounds a little like Ezekiel. <laughs> All right. The Samuel Bar, brought to you by M&M Snickers. M&M Mars. Whatever. Whatever. So, yeah, that's that was my life. I was uh, I was totally in kids' sports land last week. You know what TV show I like? Is there a show called Kids' Sports Land? <laughs> no, no, no. But I've sort of get in, gotten into the show on food TV called... Um, D- Pimp My dinner, Kitchen. Dinner Impossible. Oh, that's with that a good one. huge muscular Irish or British guy. The guy looks like special forces, but yeah, he's going to yeah, come cook for you. Right, right. So I saw one the other day where he's gigantic. He works out, clearly. He's very muscular. And he. You think he hits the juice? 
His duty was to work at a bakery and make donuts and stuff like that, like all night. You got know? up in the morning, time to make the donuts. Well, he got up at 1 a.m. to make the donuts, and they had to be done by 6. And then at the end of the show, the big joke was deliver some donuts to the local police station, right? And there was a guy that made him look small <laughs> at the police station. Cop? Yes, he was a cop. I don't know how they found a uniform for this guy. All I know is the host of the show, whose name I don't it was remember. like Fred Gwynn. he come to your door. No, he he was that tall, but he was wide too. He had like just muscular, huge, yeah, huge. just big genetics, but very big muscular, bone. big bone guy. And all I know is the host of the show, whose name I can never remember, said, "What did what did you bathe in Miracle Grow?" <laughs> that's what he said to the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's that is an interesting. show. It's a fun show because the guy's very very funny and very very playful and you know good tempered. You know, yeah, and and he never considering knows. the situation he's thrust yeah. into every time. I think our, my favorite episode of that was he showed up at a ballpark. It was a major league ballpark. Did you see this one? I don't think I saw that one. I can't remember which one. Maybe the Cleveland Indians. But he shows up at the ballpark, and he has to, at the seventh inning stretch, deliver. He's At the beginning of the game, the game starts, and he starts cooking. At the seventh inning stretch, he has to deliver a catered event at like one of the restaurants there for for executives of the ballpark. Unbelievable! And yeah. he, and all he could use was the stuff at the vending sta- uh, stations. <laughs> so he was like trying to make all sorts of cool stuff, like some some neat drinks out of the slushy mix and everything. <laughs> Trout very, very ice cream. Inter- no, it was. Well, but he made I, some cool stuff. I saw two recently that were fun. They were themed events. Hershey invited him to Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he had Hershey to Park. use... Yeah. He had to use five of their chocolates in each of the meals, you know, the dessert and the entrees. Had to use a little bit of the different kinds of chocolates they made. And the, one of the other ones was, I think it was Anheuser-Busch invited him, and he had to cook with beer. So, And they're actually doing some craft brews now that aren't piss water. You know, they're actually <laughs> making a few real brews now, Anheuser-Busch. So basically, they gave him these different craft brews, like a Bach... A Bach, not a Bach, like a B O C H. Yeah, yeah, a Bach, not a Bach, and not the composer, but a dark, crunchy Bach. beer, and and a variety of other good beers, a stout, and a, a this and a that, and a, and he had to use those in the the recipes, and it was I'm really sure he had fun. some ideas already. Being an Irish guy or British yeah, British guy. guy, you know, they're 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 sort of known for their beers over there. They love a good bitter, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, a fun show. show. Dinner yeah, Impossible. Show. Yep. Um, what else do we got for the intro? I don't know. I've got nothing else. No? I want to take well, a nap. Well, that's sad, mister. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something for the intro. I need new tires. <laughs> that's what I need. You need new tires? Yeah, and I need new tires because they won't pass inspection, and my inspection's due at the end of June, so you I need You don't think they're going to pass inspection? No, and I need new tires, so. You mean the little frayed uh, stuff coming out of them, like the, the tread, <laughs> is not yeah. going to pass inspection? Right. The fiber yeah. is coming out from underneath <laughs> That's right. the tread. Yeah. And uh, what, what, well, actually, what is really cool that happened in the past few weeks was we landed another little probe on Mars, the Phoenix lander. We did. Very exciting. Successfully it's, landed. Successfully, which is key, and it's up in the polar It doesn't regions. take a whole lot of effort to hit Mars. It takes a lot yeah, more right. effort to hit it and actually and transmit survive. images back. Right? And what's really cool about this one is that for the first time ever, one of the orbiting satellites captured a picture of it as it was... It was, it That's was, right. As it was landing, the uh, uh, it had... It 
its parachute was deployed and it was slowing down. It was it was breaking from the parachute, and an orbiting satellite that we have around Mars actually captured an image of it in descent. Amazing, mind blowing, yep. and uh, yeah. So it's up in the polar regions. They're gonna uh, do. Uh, they're looking for organics in the soil and all kinds of cool stuff. Right. From what I understood, it landed, and because of the I think the blast from from the landing and all that stuff, it actually cleared out some frozen material. And my dad was very quick to point out that it wasn't ice. We can't confirm that it was ice yet, water ice. It was frozen material. We don't know what it is. Well, it's ice. <laughs> but we Carbon dioxide freezes too into ice, right. dry but, ice. But uh, I, I had a, on my, on my um, picture at work, my dad stopped by and saw me at work. Cause they, oh, really? They lived, yeah, they stopped by for a, a minute. And uh, I brought him into the office, and I showed him where I where my office is, and 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 on my screen, on my background, I've got a picture of the Mars lander area, and uh, one of the rocks. It was a really cool picture. You mean and, the Phoenix lander? No, no, this was from the Mars Surveyor, not Surveyor. Um, what's the the rover, the Mars rover? Well, there's two rovers still but, operating but, on Mars right now. But you mean the first one, Mars Path uh, Pathfinder, Pathfinder, Pathfinder. Yeah. Sagan right. Memorial Station with the little rover, the first rover we put on Mars. Right. So there's a really cool picture, and it looks like this rock. It looks like a, a huge, like triangular rock. So I put that on my desktop. One of those is called Adirondack. That's by the, the way. one that I've got oh. on my desktop. Okay, there you go. So I've got Adirondack on my desktop, which is a mountain range in New York State, north of us here. By the which way, which is why which I've explains got it why he has it. Yeah. Right. So my dad sees this, and I said, "Hey, you saw that they they landed the Phoenix." Uh, lander there and he said yeah and i said you know they showed there, there's a they said that it cleared out some ice and he's like we don't know if it's ice yet john <laughs> no we do know that it's he ice goes, he goes because because ice implies water and we no, don't know if it's water yet. ice does not imply water dry ice is carbon dioxide it's ice but that's my dad he likes well, he likes know. to point out the minutiae. he's italian Right. But he's wrong. It's wrong, Minutia. We I didn't want to argue with the guy. We got to have a sit down with him and talk I, to him about a this. Sit down stuff. with him and the four families. That's right. We got to have a little talk. <laughs> we got to have a little sit down. No, no. He, I, I let we'll him invite James moment. Gandolfini. It'll be fun, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it was funny because when he came in the office. One of the people that I work with said, you know, I think that you delivered one of my brothers and sisters, or two of my, my brothers and sisters, and he was talking to him, and my dad's like, yeah, I think I remember, because he described, because a big family, so yeah. Oof, couldn't miss family. him. And uh, he goes, but I think I knew your mother well, because I actually delivered babies out of her. That's right, yeah, he's seen her naked, <laughs> and, if you will. And, and someone else in the office said, I... For the rest of the day, I was just chuckling because it was so funny to me that he just came like that with, I think I knew your mother well because That's I right. saw her with her drawers down. Well, he, he's seen her vagina <laughs> is what it boils down to. Well, and things coming out of it. That's right. Little little infants People. and stuff. Anyway. Did your dad do a lot of deliveries? Was that Thousands. his thing for a while? Well, Thousands? He, he really? worked, well, it, back I in I thought the, he was just a GP. I didn't know he was a, a, a what do you call it, a... Uh, well, he worked at, at St. Luke's and St. Elizabeth's and all of that, but there were a lot... Two local hospitals. Yes. Which and, are south of the Adirondacks. Right. But I think back then, before specialization, hmm. the family doctor delivered babies. Yeah. And he was there also in the hospital. He worked in the hospitals, out of with the hospitals. Doc Gaffney, the guy we did an interview with at the train show last January. Right. Before he had his own practice, he worked out of the hospitals. Hmm. And he, in fact, I think he is, he was one of the doctors that helped establish the emergency room at St. E's. But he... He worked there a lot and delivered a lot of babies when he was on duty. So. He's an Obgin? He he wasn't an Obgin. 
he was a general practitioner, yes, but he delivered lots of babies. That's cool. Because <laughs> he was a physician some, on duty. Somebody's got to. Right. Right. If you're on duty and someone's having a baby, you deliver them. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Uh, we got a tune. We, we got do. some tunage. And, Good stuff, too. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. So give a listen. I think you might like this. Don't fast forward. Thank you. 
We don't hear enough clavinet in music these days, and that had a little funky clav going on in it. Combined with dogs. <laughs> roof, roof. Which that was, actually was a topic of discussion today at the Tellerico household. Right. The, the name of the uh, tune was Attack of the Wiener Dogs. <laughs> That's right. By Hard Logic. Hard, I love that name, Hard Logic. What is better than Hard Logic? Nothing, that's what. Soft Illogic? No. Case Logic. Aren't they the Case company line? that makes those little CD cases and stuff for the car? They do. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a band. Case Logic, apparently. There's another company, Logic, 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 Logic. Well, it's always good to put Logic in your company's Solid name. Solid State Logic. They make some of the best recording consoles in the world. SSL. SSL? Mm-hmm. SSL. Yeah. Huh. Good stuff. High end. Very expensive, but, you know, the best. Among SSL the best. is a uh, security standard for uh, Yes, it is. Internet Secure sockets layer. That is correct. Yep. 128-bit encryption. Something like that. Geek stuff. You know, I just wanted uh, John to know that, and, and for anyone listening, and I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, but this is Bloodthirsty Vegetarians, which is your exclusive source for steampunk everything. <laughs> And and that's very new to me, actually. Steampunk everything. You know, I've been... This I is used, Steampunk Central. I used to read Slashdot, which is a kind of a blog, if you will, a portal. A portal. It was a blog. For... Kind of. Geeky things, right? You know, it was a forum, really. Cool little... People would post articles. People would make suggestions. And then the editors of the blog would post the articles that they liked. Not unlike a thing we're going to talk about in a minute. And, you know, geeky little things, stories about stuff that people like John and I and maybe some of you would like, you know, crypto stuff, Star Wars stuff, sci-fi stuff, math stuff, you know, stuff like that, D&D, whatever. And Mario Brothers stuff. Uh, they pissed me off, so I stopped reading Slashdot. I posted an article. You know what they say? What? It's better to be pissed, pissed off. <laughs> pissed off. I'm going to say that once a show. From that's now right. On. As long as I say the phrase pissed off, John's going to say it. Well, what ended up happening was I posted a somewhat sarcastic reply to someone in an audio forum about something. It was actually, I think, about an article about the U.S. Navy, you know, using sonar and blasting like 160 dBs of sonar force out there and then claiming that that wouldn't have any effect on whales and on animals that used sonar, right? 160 dB is deafening. That's like louder than a jet engine, right. you know? If you and, can perceive it, yeah. 
Yeah, and and regardless of uh, it was all low frequency stuff, but that's the stuff that whales can perceive. So I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how much research the Navy does or claims to have done. This is damaging to whales' hearing, you know. And I got in this little discussion, and um, I ended up getting you know uh, bitch slapped or whatever. You know, I ended up getting um, punished. Down. Yeah, I ended up getting a little smacked down. One of the, the, the editors on Slashdot, one of the editors, 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 you know, he wasn't one of the actual guys who founded the forum. It could have been an editrix. Just some idiot. No, it was a guy. Some idiot they gave power to, like, you know, um, deleted my, removed my posting privileges for a week because I, I took umbrance. I, I took... Uh, umbrage. Umbridge, thank you. I took umbrage to something somebody had said. And by the way, it, it, this wasn't a rant that I posted. This was a, a th- well thought out, researched, you know, post about audio and things like that. And you but, ended it with you ninny. Ended it with you mother. And anyway, so the minute, and I appealed it, I went to the editors of Slashdot and said, What kind of acne pimple faced freaks are you giving this power to? Because read my post. Read it. It's actually an intelligent, thought-out post, and you know, I never got a reply. So I have been um, boycotting. You're boycotting. Slash it's a boycott dot. of one. Screw them, you know? And anyway, John reads this boing-boing thing, and he sort of hit me to it. And it's not unlike Slash Dot. It's very similar. This it's, is, this is it's all a directory just a lead-up into boing-boing. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. So I've been reading boing-boing. And for the past like few months, I've been noticing a particular... Uh, founder of that website named Corey Doctorow always posts these articles about steampunk. So I emailed John and I said, I, I had never even read any of them. I went, what is this? Are these guys doing live steam, like real steam engine stuff? Right. Which interests me because I used to have little model steam engines when I was a kid that actually worked. I remember those. Not, I, not yours, but right. I remember the, the yeah, existing. They're cool. And I, I, it's probably still around in my parents' attic or something, but um, really cool stuff. So I said to John, is this live steam stuff? And he said, no, it's an aesthetic. And Right. Steampunk, well, I'll start with that. For those of you who don't know. Steampunk is essentially, it's this, uh, it's this trend, it's, a, it's an aesthetic trend that's going on where people, will, where people will apply this aesthetic to anything. So it'll be steampunk cars, steampunk computers, steampunk this Steampunk recumbent bicycles, which right. was published today. Right. A and, new one. and the point of it is applying this aesthetic to which something is that is commonplace or, or current. Modern. And this, right. the steampunk aesthetic is sort of like an 1800 steam era look and feel. Like if you right. saw Industrial the... Industrial Revolution, If you saw Wells the movie kind of Wild Wild West with Will right. Smith, all of those gadgets that the the villain in there who's what was the actor who played him um i can't remember oh he's an irish guy um can't remember oh anyway all of those little gadgets he created in his clothing and his wheelchair they were all steampunk and i i mean i love the look that sort of late 1800s you know steam age victorian kind of look is 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 very cool and that's what steampunk is yeah if you want to know what steampunk looks like if you want to get a picture in your head take the eiffel tower and make it a mechanical spider (laughs) and that's what it would be make it walk around and it'll be having illumination from gas lights yeah (laughs) gas lights and you know it's it's all it's all very um late 1800s right so someone will make for an example someone will make a steampunk laptop and what they'll do is they'll they'll put the laptop in a, a wooden case so that it's essentially looking like it's made out of wood. They'll put ornate brass things around it. The keyboard will be made out of like an old typewriter keyboard. Yeah, it'll look like an old typewriter. Right, so keyboard. it'll look like a mechanical device to do something that's highly technological. 
That's right. And right. if you type steampunk into Google, uh, three pictures actually come up. And one of them is uh, a desktop computer where somebody made a steampunk keyboard that looks like something out of an old telegraph office. And, you know, it's got a flat panel monitor that's wooden surrounded by brass. And then they sure. they put little things around it to evoke the era too, a little telegraph key maybe or a, or a gas lantern or, or something like that. So this is an aesthetic. Right. that's it's, it's very cool. I mean, it can be overdone. I mean, I you know, I can only take right. so much of it but it's it's a cool idea and i'm getting getting kind of bored with it but but the 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 question is you've been reading well but wait there's more lead up here okay so i said to john in an email like thursday i said we should start our own punk thing and i'm a big fan of like 1950s styling of electronic devices right you know very very minimal very uh, utilitarian interfaces, silver panels, big black Bakelite knobs and analog VU meters and stuff like that. And kind of industrial, uh, I don't know, septic green color that's on everything. Or silver, you know, a silver panel. And and in in some ways, um, one of the audio magazines I read actually just posted a review of a new compressor by a company whose name I forgot. But they, in the very first paragraph, they said, don't be fooled by the faux Soviet styling. And that sort of caught Uh my ear. And I sort of, um, I was sort of approached John with that. You know, I sort of like that Soviet styling. That's kind of what I called it, you know. And I said, so we should invent our own punk aesthetic, you know, very 50s, very industrial, very, uh, you know, uh, very that. And I, I said, let's come up with a name. So we debated names. I came up with Tailfin Punk, you know, Tailfin Cars, Cadillacs. and uh, Like the 50s kind of thing? Yeah. John came up with two. John came up with, uh, what did you come up with? Atomic Punk. And I, I vetoed that only because it's a song on Van Halen's first record that's Which I wasn't terrible. aware of. Yeah, Atomic Punk. Have you listened? Have you Googled it to see if you could hear no, it? No, but I took no, your word for it's it. It's awful. And then Sputnik Punk, which I kind of like because it gets the Soviet thing, the technology thing. But, and and Sputnik has a warm spot in my heart because of the movie October Sky and being Homer Hickam's inspiration for getting into rocketry and science and all that stuff. So I, I can't say that I, I don't like Sputnik Punk based on that, but I, I still kind of prefer the tailfin punk and what it implied anyway i'm not sure we've quite settled on a name yet but i declared i think it's a fruitless effort is what i'm saying you're an idiot i i declared out loud that you know at the end of the day i guess it really doesn't matter because we've you know invented this new aesthetic it's it's 50s punk it's tailfin punk it's sputnik punk whatever it is and john disagrees <laughs> well and here's here's the thing this whole thing is like a movement. The steampunk thing is like a movement on the internet where people will actually build things. They'll spend hours and hours and hours and lots of money building things to match this aesthetic and then they'll post it and it's part of this uh, kind of thing like, hey, look what I did and everyone's feeding off of each other and it's one of those things that we call a meme. It's a thing that has a life of its own and it's not anything that one person said, I'm going to start this and then everyone else will carry on my mantle. It's it's just something that happens. It it occurred and it's and it's uh, rampant. And I'm saying my argument is well, we, I haven't claimed my argument. Well, yet. let me claim my argument. You you said hey, we've got this meme. Let's how do, I, we, how do we do uh, this? My argument is I think therefore I am. I it, I have created the concept. We we've we've you know created this concept of this 50s punk thing, whatever you want to call it, Sputnik punk or, or Tailfin punk. 
we've cre- we've thought about it so it exists. I think for therefore I am, or to extend to what I said to John in a text message, I thought therefore it is. Well, and and I, that's where I completely disagree. I absolutely agree. I think therefore I am because Descartes in his argument was saying. I'm thinking, I'm I'm producing conscious thought, therefore something has to be producing that conscious thought, therefore I am. But just because you think about something, I don't think it is. I mean, I can say Cons- elephants the with wings. They don't exist. Concept, it exists. Well, you, the thought of the thing exists, Concept. but the thing does not exist. Concept. Yeah. It you, exists right you're, now. You're Guess what? thinking of it We've exists. started the meme. This show has officially started the meme. Well, that's my, that's the other thing. Is and that I don't a disagree. I don't disagree. And I said this to you. You did disagree. I No, well, I disagree. You disagree that you disagree. Something like that. No, what I did agree with you about, however, is we've started the aesthetic. The question is, does anybody care and will it have an impact? And, and that may be yes or no. That has yet to be determined. And, and my point of view on this whole thing is we did not start a damn thing we've just said hey wouldn't it be cool if there was this thing this movement where people did something kind of like the steampunk movement but used a different aesthetic from a different era with different different qualities but no one has done any of it yet they have they're doing it every day i sent you two pictures yesterday but no but it's not a movement yet it's just random things that haven't come together yet under a name called Sputnik Punk, which <laughs> Tail is my Punk, and that's that's. And now, that's I don't like Sputnik Punk and because this that is can exactly be it. that can be abbreviated Spunk, and nobody <laughs> likes that. And this is exactly my point. You think that it's it should a lot be called finger pointing here? Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm pointing two, two fingers, five, ten fingers. No, four, fi- eight fingers, and two thumbs. You are calling it Tailfing Punk. I'm calling it Sputnik Punk, and that's the whole thing. Nobody named Sputnik Punk. Someone came up with the name, but. Everyone agreed upon it because that was what the 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 global mental mindshare agreed upon. I'm not sure that's true. And I don't think anyone said, I'm the authority. It's going to be called steampunk, so therefore it is steampunk. Well, I, those kinds of... Everybody's going to lay claim to having invented that and you know various what? things. You know what? We might be able to promote it and come up with some things and push stuff out there, but it's not going to be a movement until... No, it's ours. It Damn becomes it. the movement. We invented it. The movement isn't until it is. And in fact, I invented two other memes, which I texted you about. Yeah. Flint punk, which is like a sort of a Stone Age Flintstone feel to and things. And punk. No. What was the other one? Um, fecal punk. Everything's based on crap. Oh, Romana punk. Romana punk. Romanophile. You know, making it sort of Roman Empire-ish. I, don't, so I, making, didn't, I didn't know that you came up with that crappy name. Whatever. <laughs> Nero I, punk. I sent you two texts or a text about it. I don't know. I don't read those. <laughs> that's true your iphone can't you know sometimes you i gotta have... log into a website to read my freaking text message no sometimes i don't read the text messages because i don't have my phone on me at 24 7 sometimes <laughs> why I sleep? have a mobile phone if you don't have it on you because 24/7? sometimes i'm in bed sleeping well, me too but i get it the next day all right anyways i'm i'm thinking that just because you thought of it doesn't mean that it is to quote Radiohead, which I try not to do ever. Yeah, yeah let's just, listen to those guys. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. Just doesn't mean it's there. Well, I agree. Feelings aren't always truth. I would, I would agree with that. And just because you think it doesn't mean it is. I disagree with that, however. The concept you, no, the exists. the thought exists. The but, concept. But the, the actual embodiment of the concept doesn't exist TBD. until it does. And it, we're going to make it happen because everybody out there is going to I'm gonna still going to make this. I'm going to make a steampunk. I Casahedron. 
<laughs> That's what's going to happen. That's right. You know, and it's so funny because I showed my boss that Roman 20-sided glass die, which was used for some sort of wagering. Yeah. And if gambling. you want to see this, go to Boing Boing. And yeah, or, well, actually, Just it's type the, in Roman. The Christie's website still yeah. has the picture online. It's everywhere, actually. I'm surprised nobody found it sooner. I found so many places that link to that picture. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, my boss came up. To, I showed it to him because he's a D&D gamer. 20, we're talking about a 20-sided die for some sort of wagering or some sort of random number generation. And um, my boss called it a dodecahedron, and I was so disappointed because that's a 12-sided. That's right. That is not a 20-sided. You know, then there's the pi casahedron. <laughs> that's that right. Was, that was amazing. But anyway, I don't know. Um, I'm you actually not. About I'm it. not trying to start a new movement. I was just sort of speculating that you know I, I like that era, the '50s era, and it would just be kind of cool to to extend that aesthetic. I mean, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Art Deco too. Working with metal, you know, that sort of metal thing is kind of cool, which is a bit of a steampunk thing too. Except they use a lot of rivets well, <laughs> in what, their metal, and and, what's and a lot fun. of like a lot of gears. What's fun about the steampunk thing is that it's absolutely useless. It's not like it adds right. anything other than aesthetics <laughs> right. to something else, which is why I thought it would be funny to take something which is essentially something that has no moving parts, a, a die, 20-sided. It's a, it's it a, is its own moving part. It's a physical solid. It's one piece and apply the steampunk or whatever aesthetic to it. Now, my question to you is steampunk aesthetic – like we talked about, it could be stained glass and it could have ornate edges and metal between it and all that. And the numbers can be very ornate, kind of like uh, even Roman numerals. But how would you apply your hmm. tail fin punk aesthetic to a single die? What, hmm. what would it be made of? What, what not, would it look like? I'm not sure. I'm stumped on that. I, I think it could just be metal and engraved with paint-filled engraving or something. You know, that that would be the most industrial kind of die i can think of I'm thinking no. it would have to be um it would have to be metal but it would have to have a tube inside it like a like tube? an electronic tube oh like a, a vacuum, vacuum tube, tube. Oh, okay. you'd have to have a vacuum a tube nixie inside. tube with a the nixie, letters and yes. the number the number would be uh illuminated nixie tube yeah nixie tubes are the coolest that would, those are awesome yeah um, that could be cool, but that sounds it would be difficult huge. to make small, A. <laughs> it would have to be the size of like a briefcase. <laughs> yeah, and it would require like a, a 20 amp, 220 volt power <laughs> supply. And, you know what? If uh, it had its own self-contained nuclear reactor, it would be perfect. Which is very 50s, you know, atomic punk, if you will. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we've totally confused everyone. We, we went from uh, steampunk to this idea that I've created a meme to this random uh, Boing Boing article about a green glass 20-sided die which sold at auction at Christie's for nearly 20,000. Yeah, 18,000, 17-something thousand. But I think and that... Actually, that appeals to me on two levels because I'm a bit of a Roman history buff and a D&D guy. So if I had $17,000, I would have bought that die just because it's cool. It's cool to see that even back then they were playing games. Well, and they and were D&D. able to make uh, the object. They were able to create the object and it looks every bit as good as any 20-sided die. I mean, it's a little worn, but in its day when it was new. It's one of those objects that you just pretty much can't improve on. Yeah, and they were able to create a, a perfectly accurate and precise 20-sided die, an icosahedron. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that if they made it out of, and I have uh, many of pies, then it would be perfect. That's right, yeah. John found some website. John... Uh, John's thinking of making one of stained glass, which is his new uh, 
interest. But if I you, haven't seen you do much of that lately. Like, we're in the room that used to be his studio. In fact. I know. Well, I think that... And instead of having a, a illuminated table for doing stained glass work behind me, which we used to have, now there's just a bunch of pillows on a wall to absorb sound. <laughs> I think the flood of 07 uh, changed everything. It was a turning point, where, and I haven't gotten back to it. Anyway, it's time for a tune. And, uh, it is. Did we invent this one or not? No, we didn't. No, all right. It. Let's check it out. It's a standard. Stars above that shine so bright The mystery of their fading light That shines upon our caravan Sleep upon my shoulders as we creep Across the sand so I may keep This memory of our caravan This is so exciting charm of you beside me here beneath the moon my dream of love is coming true within our desert caravan fade forever if we let it still going <laughs> somewhere Shh. so i saw a cool movie last night do we want to mention what that song was oh that, yeah. that was uh caravan caravan 
It's one of those old jazz standards by Marilyn Scott. I'm not entirely sure the song was pod safe, to be honest. I don't know. Don't, it was on the pod don't safe admit music anything. network, but I'm not admitting I anything. I know nothing. I, I just don't know. I'm admitting that I don't know. We may be in violation of copyright. I know nothing. <laughs> we may be in violation of copyright. Anyway, I saw a movie called Under the Same Moon, La Misma Luna, which was a, a pretty sweet film directed by Patricia Riggin, 2007 film from Mexico, rated PG-13, 106 minutes. And it is uh, largely about a boy, Carlitos, who is living with his grandmother in Mexico. His mom had left for the U.S., uh, probably entering illegally to try to better herself and uh, better her position so that she could better support her son. So she was living in the Los Angeles area, and Carlitos was living with his grandmother back in Mexico. And we kind of get the dual story thing going on where, you know, we see Carlitos's life in uh, Mexico and we see Rosario's life in L.A. as sort of a, a maid, you know, someone who does a lot of house cleaning. And... Uh, she calls once a week and, you know, tugs on his heartstrings. And uh, yeah, every time he calls, he misses her dearly. And what ends up happening is the grandmother dies. So he decides to cross the border illegally. It's a bit of a road trip film, which I love. <laughs> he, tr- he decides does to he cross have a friend the- Chong? Uh, he does not. But oh. he decides, decides to uh, cross the border illegally with the help of some uh, U.S. Uh, citizens who you know visit Mexico every once in a while and have kind of uh, created places in their minivan to hide people. <laughs> you know, they hollowed out just the seats, coincidentally, and, and stuff them in the gas tank, you know that <laughs> kind of thing. And what the film is about is his trip and the people he meets uh, between somewhere in Mexico and Los Angeles to try to meet with his mom. And it's it's definitely one of these films that really tugs at your heartstrings and um, really goes for that kind of um, uh, what's the word I want. Certain, I don't know what. Uh, je ne sais quoi. That too. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to tell you if they ultimately reunite or not. You'll have to see the film. They all die. They, everyone dies. It's a horrible plane crash. But yeah, I really. creature comes into the city and destroys a, it all. The smog monster. Right. A big giant lizard. There's <laughs> this weird plot turn where it's like this drama about a kid wanting to go back to his mother and then Godzilla shows up. <laughs> That's right. And what keeps the film interesting is along the way, you know, Carlitos meets a bunch of people who either help or don't help him, including his genetic father, who uh, we uh, got to see very briefly. That's right. Mothra is actually his... uh, (laughs) And then, yeah, his his uncle Godzilla and, and Mothra, his actual genetic father, get into a fight at the end. The only connection he has to his mom is this mental image he has of the intersection from which she phones him once a week. She would tell him that there's a Domino's pizzeria here, there's a laundromat, there's a party store, you know, there's a this, there's a that. Giant lizard. (laughs) There's a giant moth. There's a giant uh, toxin-emitting flying moth (laughs) and a submarine (laughs) with a jaggy spine on it that sinks ships. And so his whole goal, he has no idea where his mother lives because she always sends her letters from a P.O. box this way that the INS can't find her. 
So his whole thing is to go to L.A. and find this intersection. That's how he's going to find his mom. She always calls on Sunday mornings. And he's going to show up there on a Sunday morning and find his mom at this intersection. And the whole film is about his trip and his adventure and trying to find his mom. And, you know, a lot of people crying at this film. It was a real well, of course, uh, because the entire city gets puller. destroyed <laughs> by the, the lizard and the moth. The flame-breathing lizard and moth. That's and right. then Ghidra, out of nowhere. <laughs> Monster Zero comes <laughs> up. But anyway, very sweet film, uh, great story, some really interesting characters along the way, and it's a road subtitled trip movie. Japanese, uh, subtitled, uh, largely spoken in Spanish, but the occasional English, and uh, I think it's a film you'd like. Under the same moon, and uh, definitely check it out. Add it to your uh, whatever queue you have, either uh, Blockbuster or um, what's now, the other one called? It, is it under the uh, monster films? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's under the, the Japanese Netflix. monster genre. That's right. Netflix. So, Japanese slash Mexican monster genre. That's right. Check it out if you get a chance. Anyway, I think that's a show. What do you got? Do, you know what do, I have? Do, do. The same exact problem I had last week. That's right. You're damn... Put the file on the local computer, and we won't have this problem anymore. <sighs> can this do drag and drop? Is it capable? It can do Mothra drop. <laughs> Godzilla. Gojira. Ghidra drop. I love the fact that they're using the Blue Oyster Cult song Godzilla in a car commercial now. That's These the guys song. are suddenly making royalties on that song again. That's the song that Matsui comes to bat. Is with. it? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, you've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. This is Rich Wilgus. And I'm John Tellerico. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Send us all sorts of feedback and cash. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. Let us know what you think of the Rolling Stones. And check out the forum, www.bloodyveg.com slash forum. Hey, guess what? I don't know. What do you got? I'm Giuseppe Franco. That's right. I wonder if... Uh, the Mets still have a, a manager right now. He's day-to-day. Anyway, you've been listening to VIB. 